Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hi, Sue Rose Minahan again. June 9th, Gemini returns, communication, many facets connecting the minds, collaboration, neighbors, boundaries, Hermes, Mercury's, all of these and even more because today you are talking to a Gemini mind and I have a wonderful Gemini soul that is joining me again, not again, but again on this show and her name is Shannon Hayes, an evolutionary astrologer from Seattle, Washington. You can find Shannon on our webpage site, Talk Cosmos. Uh, She's in the process of restructuring her website, and she gives consultations. Shannon is an animal activist, a stargazer, of many different descriptions. So, (laughs) yes. So, hi, Shannon. Let's just get started. We have so many connections. We're just going to roll right along in this fashion. Hi, Sue. Thanks for having me on board here. That's a total delight. We've really been expanding our conversation a lot on so many subjects. And I think where we started, because how can you start? But there is a start back in Sumer, with, which was 3,000 years, well, B.C., with the beginning of writing, which because Gemini is that description of our external with, I know that we were thinking then about Hermes. Yeah, Hermes, the Greek name for Mercury that precedes the Roman name. Mercury is actually the Roman name for Hermes. And um, yeah, that was really, really great conversation that we had about Hermes and all the different manifestations, the different faces of Hermes. Well, it's true because it is change, just like the energy never gets destroyed. And in that cycle of archetypes, Gemini being the third, an air sign, it, it Mercury itself, it, it goes backwards, it seems, Three times because it goes fast around the the sun three times. And is closest to the sun, right? Yes, and very fast. And very fast. And in the ancient days it was also since it was it's also a sign of duality, there was also it was also associated at one time with Apollo because of the fact that it was one of the only signs that or one of the only planets that they saw at the time that was in the sky in the day and the evening so during the day they called it originally Apollo in the evening it was Hermes right yes yes you had brought that up and I was noticing it too it's interesting how thought evolves this whole language this this start way back with Sumer that because thought was always there and and words but writing them down and, I, you know, this 
Mercury being so close to the sun, which now we think of Apollo as the sun. Right, and wasn't it Hermes that actually had the caduceus that was given to him by Apollo, right? Yes. So there is that sun-Mercury connection and, and them being so close because Mercury is the planet that's closest to the sun, right? And can also be hidden behind the beams of the sun. Yes, learning that language. I love how you're relating it because for our audience, <laughs> it is really learning the symbolism of it. You know, they have, how can they describe things? But that's right. And um, Mer- Hermes which meant stone because it did have boundary. It means stone. It was used for boundaries because it does involve transportation and movement just like Mercury and does. Yes, mm-hmm. the sun. Right, and marking, right? So boundary marking. So it also, um, yeah, it, it, kind of, it uh, was almost like categorizing in a way, you uh-huh. know, like so it kind of, it, um, yeah, it was a form of like being able to name and categorize, which is a, Totally a Mercury function, right? Yes, and knowing where one spot ended for their property or maybe where to go in the distant hills to another spot. But And I'm going back to your uh, thought of the exchange because Hermes received the uh, caduceus. Mm -hmm. Caduceus from Apollo, right? Yeah, the tree of life with two serpents. We don't often think Entwined of Entwined around. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's a, a very apt description for the real energy because the spirit and matter of Gemini, those two twins where they had to communicate. And between, well, one twin dying and so they were in the story. And the, the life. The beginning of life, the end of life, the changes, such as the serpent, you know, regeneration. Right, the death and regeneration, right? The one twin dies and the other one is immortal. So the immortal one, doesn't he give up his life to join his brother, right? Well, in a sense, but, well, he couldn't, yes. I mean, he couldn't give it up, but he could give his place. That's right. Right, with right. the heavens. He, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they went down to yes. Hades. yes. The messenger, isn't, yes. Right, right, the messenger, right? Mercury is the messenger of the gods also, and he was the he was the one who was able to go between worlds, so he was, he could communicate with the gods and also with the mortals on earth, right? <clears throat> Which I think that uh, is also a lot represented with the Castor Pollux, kind of story in their their place in the heavens. Yes. It, the whole point of so many of, we were going over all the attributes, but when you come to travel, merchants, commerce, uh, trade, thievery. Bartering. Yes. Right. Bartering, thievery, uh, trickster. That's a very interesting concept that about Hermes and that uh, because I think we were discussing how change one doesn't always know well change is inevitable but still there is resistance there's resistance or denial 
many reasons, but sometimes we need to get, well, I don't know if we need to, but the fact is life does, that trickster energy changes what we see and what we get. Right. Right. I mean, there's, there's the two sides to the trickster energy as well. So you have like the trickster that's fun and kind of a prankster, right? Because Gemini, I mean, and the Mercury energy and the Hermes energy can be really fun and lively and can, um, because it's air, there's a lot of movement, like you said, a lot of change and they can be totally stimulating or they can be the other direction where they can be stimulating, but it's not exactly, uh, it's not exactly what you'd expect and what you may not care for. So they can totally do like pranks and tricks and stuff that, um, yeah, that to the opposite effect, the shadow side, you know, and more negative sort of connotation. Depending on what is aligned with, this is always the truth of, of spirit and matter. And as right. far as just politically looking at our neighbor, at, <laughs> at the political uh, situation, <laughs> We have a trickster, as we said, perhaps in office that, for instance, and I was just reading in the newspaper, which is a very mercurial item because, you know, sharing the news and there's support to back a VA program expanded, but behind the scenes, which is a trickster attitude, you know, without judgment of whether it's good or bad, but the fact remains that there will not be any funding. So that is what you see is not what you get, which is perhaps that trickster. And so, of course, it'll depend on how the energies, how that works out with other. But it's that catalyst that doesn't get changed. It's um, Right. It's the appearance of change, but nothing's really happening. It's just more in order to appease who needs to be appeased. Yeah. which that is a form, that's the kind of shadow trickster energy that can happen with um, with a lot of that sort of, you know, that energy. Because something does need to change. Right. Always will be. And so, again, not knowing how everything plays out, but as an example, that would be where it leaves the rest of uh, communication to work it out. You know, interestingly, as I was looking around at uh, articles and connections, there's new thought here that building on the four conditions at Roosevelt, the rights of, of people, that this would be a collaborative energy where people would, the right to learn, the right to, against tyranny, the right to innovate, and it's a collaboration of these great minds. So perhaps when the negative comes, or apparent negative, uh, the, the stress of, of, of not seeing what we think what will be evident, it is that force that, that, that and technology can help unite or show people how to get together, how to brainstorm, how to share ideas. Right. Well, yeah, it's the, it's the push sometimes you need to get in order to get to the last straw, you know, in order to get people to, <clears throat> like you said, share ideas, but come up with creative solutions, you know, or come up with creative ways of making healthy change. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Boy, that really, it just, what a wonderful concept. Because really, that's where the Gemini, with new information, helps change our perceptions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's like, um, to go back just a wee bit, and we were talking about Hermes, right? And there are the three faces of Hermes, right? So, And those three faces are alchemy, astrology, and theurgy. And what we were just talking about, like, you know, the politics and the gathering of minds to make creative, healthy change, reminds me of the whole concept of theurgy, which is like um, the operation or effect of a supernatural or divine agency in human affairs, right? And um, and it kind of speaks a lot about that, you know, th- where we're at now, even politically, because especially after the uh, uh, the famous galactic alignment of 2012, uh, there's a lot of change that's been happening, and some of it right now appears to be not so, it's not looking so good. It's not healthy, and... Um, and it's very, like you were talking, it was very confusing. It's mixed up. It, there's a lot of the shadow trickster energy happening right now. But there's also that other side. You know, the, I think that, as you were saying, the creativity of, of humans is what kind of pulls that can pull things into a better perspective, which is also very Gemini mercurial. You know, you have to have a change, like you, you said, um, of perspective and I think that even though things don't always seem so great right at the moment politically I think that um, good things can come out of this because I because there is a lot of change going on and um, yeah and and sometimes it's like you know the way things can happen it does feel like there is a divine intervention somehow that helps push humans into getting together to make creative, positive change. I, I like the idea of this, that it incorporates the spirit, that right. it's not just the matter, right. you know, the, the physical. Right. Yes. It's, yeah, it's that whole, like, you know, spirit and matter together, right? So unity, the unification right. instead of fragmentation. Right. Yes. Exactly. It's, yeah, exactly. The fragmentation would be more of the Neptunian kind of concept where... <clears throat> this is definitely more um, the other. Well, in the newspaper, there was a man in Seattle, uh, Dr. Hubert Locke, and he was a scholar, clergyman, and a master of listening. And this shows the strength of collaboration. I just thought how wonderful it is to, with the written word, we can read, we can learn these ideas that other people exemplify, that people share in their many ways. And this man, he was one that was able to get people that would not have the same idea about any issue, but by bringing them together for collaboration, came up with great solutions, just like you were mentioning. And he was at the University of Washington. So the example was, well, he was from Detroit originally. So he, he brought together, yeah, he's just one individual. He had to do about the ocean, and he 
brought together a group of people that actually, but there's as a civic center. Yeah, and see, that also speaks to the whole, like what you're saying about the, the spirit, you know, about an intervention, right? I mean, listening is really an art form, you know, to be able to actually sit and listen to someone rather than always feeling like you need to be saying something, you know? And I think it's, um, it's very powerful, like, like you were saying about the man who was able to bring all the people together to be able to be heard is very important for people, you know? And it just, it, it also kind of like, it gives me like the whole picture of like Mercury being so close to the sun, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, Mercury riding on the sun's, sun's beams. The two are, are so close and, um, you know, if you're looking at the sun as being the whole like, Identity. Not just ego, but identity, exactly, Our umbrella. right? Right, right, yeah. the umbrella. Everything. Right, absolutely. You know, it, it uh, says a lot. So, yeah, Mercury is about communication, but part of the big part of communication, people forget sometimes, is listening, I think. And it's so important that we have this free speech. It's really the premise of the entire nation that we are able to function with. For instance, I was just reading again about the journalists, and there's thought, of course, you know, about leaks, and it's not new. It's there's been presidencies, and none of the presidents presidents really like leaks because it is classified. Which then you have to ask, well, what is classified? I mean, there are questions. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to have dialogue. It's okay to have communication, but really. In, in the case of journalism, which is listening and it's speaking, is that whole relationship. It's everything is that exchange, as we were talking about with, with commerce and with the twins and spirit and matter in many different fashions. Because we can learn. We can learn about what's going on. And, and to have safety, to have safety in the sense that we are aware of the environment that we're part of, our neighborhood that we can contribute to. It is important to know what the truth is that's happening, and we people have, have the intelligence to discern it if we have a diverse sources of information that we can, as I'm tying it back to listening, but also <laughs> through writing. <laughs> right. Right. There's a method. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. <laughs> No, but it's true. It's like, that's a huge part of it. I mean, since, you know, even in, you know, Sumerian period on up to now, there was always, there was always like news, you know, whether they stood in pillars, like in small public gatherings and would read off the news, like, you know, in the Romans, right? They always had someone that would get up and like, you know, shout out the news, right? A herald. Right, orator. Mm. right, exactly the orator, right? <laughs> because the you know they're still, yeah, they didn't quite have the means for the pr actual press of words that we have this day and age. Yep, boundaries. It's an interesting thought about the fact because going to Mercury, the changing of the boundaries, allowing him to be the messenger the one God that could go to the 
Hades, the, where the bring the souls to the deceased, for the, or not for the deceased, but bring the deceased to the afterlife, or tell different gods. I mean, Zeus was always telling him to do different things, and he could. He could do these because he could cross boundaries. But yet with that, it also means that when you can cross boundaries, you need to know where the boundary is, so you need to establish the boundary. And like with the news, we have gerrymandered boundaries. Yeah. Is that trickster? <laughs> <laughs> I think you had brought that up. <laughs> ah, yeah, exactly. I think so. I think that would be like, yeah, some trickster energy there. And then I was noticing here, I'm jumping along, but that's the case. Quick yeah. little Gemini <laughs> That's a going quick along. Gemini mind yeah. for you, right? Uh, at the park, Yellowstone Chief. Now, he it was saying there's too many buffalo, I guess. He wasn't saying it, but it's been told that he has, within the boundaries of the park, they have 4,000 buffalo, and we need 3,000 buffalo. Now, what they're going to do with the other 3,000, 1,000 oh buffalo? Oh, God, they're not going to call them, are they? Well, I don't know. Are we going backwards in time? I would trust not. Think of how many people would maybe like a buffalo. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Your old pet buffalo. Yeah, but so that's that's really a whole nother line of if you have a a, 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 a a park, you know, with boundaries, it's it's you know there's so many relationships between elements of boundaries, just to become aware of. We take it for granted, you know. We we think well on this street or that street, but really, how we live with our neighbors is essentially the micro and the macro it has great right well the whole just the whole concept of like neighbors and neighborhoods right <coughs> is a kind of an interesting phenomena that i mean started probably the beginning of time as humans were trying to get um to establish like the buying and selling of goods and to you know commerce legislatures you know small like you know public senates and as to, in order to in order to have a greater community i mean it was um you know kind of self-preservation method really but it was it was all about commerce and trade and bartering and you know blacksmithing and all that stuff you know in fact i think a lot of the records were about recording the transactions for trade. Right. Because I went in Chicago for UAC, went to the Oriental Museum at the university and looked at Babylonia, all the artifacts, which was so fascinating. And again and again, it came out that the, the predominant recordings, starting this language, this written form of language that is a decreed that Sumeri, Sumer, Sumer, Sumeria, uh, created was for the purpose of noting down and categorizing and yeah, exact record keeping and <coughs> yeah, because Not that it stopped there, but right, but it really kind of started. You know, it was one of the places it started. I a mean, tool. Yeah, yes. exactly. It was a tool for keeping track of things. And know? then I saw um, Hammurabi's law the code his code of laws it's on this enormous if it is a replica it stands about 10 
feet up, and it's a large cylinder, it seems, with his uh, sculpted frame on top of uh, head. And then the, the entire pillar has his codes written down in the language. So he had the mind to use this language to, to establish other purposes. That's the great thing. A tool, once you invent it, has so many purposes. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Hmm. That would have been really interesting to see. It was, since we can't actually go back to a place called Babylonia, but because, you know, <laughs> saw the toys they had, my goodness, which reminded me, too, people learn through play. Now, that's maybe more of a fifth house. It's correlated. You know, there's a lot of these, and again, for you astrologers or non-astrologers there, it one archetype links into the next, of course. Everything is connected, remembering that. Gemini says yes, yeah. <laughs> but so many of the archetypes do. <laughs> yeah, so you're right. Learning to play in many ways. In a bit, we're going to open up the phone lines. We welcome calls that people would like to comment. We're open to that, or if you have a chart, we can take a little few moments to look at it. Ideally, something that would pertain to the Gemini theme, but otherwise we can work with you and you can always get in touch with Shannon or myself. Shannon is an astrologer here in town in Seattle, as I am, and on web, on our website at Talk Cosmos, you can see a connection for either of us. That number will be 888-298-5569, and we'll talk Otherwise, we'll continue our talking, but we really invite people to call in. And for, if you, if there's any archives you want, go to our website at talkcosmos.com. And you can like us on Talk Cosmos Facebook, and you'll get the weekly announcements. And also, if you sign up on the talkcosmos.com for our email address. I'm in the process right now. Very shortly, I'll be sending out notices on that, too. So, we shall be back with you very shortly at Talk Cosmos on 1150 KKNW, Seattle. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the period of Gemini. By leaving a cycle based on physical form, integrated through spirit, the energy of Gemini connects spirit with matter, focused on communicating and defining the external. Gemini is a mutable air sign signifying flexibility. Gemini duly focuses upon teaching and learning in order to synthesize the world one lives within. Ciao and greetings to all you folks out there that have got enough curiosity to tune in to what's going on here. My name is Jeff Peters. I am the Lively Astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our consciousness. Hello again, Talk Cosmos Sue Rose Minahan and Shannon Hayes 
evolutionary astrologer based in Seattle. So we do welcome your calls. And remember, that number is 888-298-5569. I'll repeat it once more. 888, that's easy to remember, 298-5569. So go ahead and call us if you have a question about your chart or if you just have some brainstorming and think of anything that would be very Geminian or questions. Learning. There's another article. I sat down today and clipped out a week's worth of articles because the <laughs> newspaper, the free press, if it really does connect us. It tells us, you know, and I was looking at, I'll bring that up in a moment, but really about free press, I was looking up the description online, and it, and it is communicating that principle that you can communicate through various mediums whether it's printed, electronic media, it's a right. And it should, as it says, to be exercised freely. And in the best countries of that, is uh, the best legal protectors, I might state, are many of the northern countries, Iceland, Norway, Finland, Denmark, Sweden, the Netherlands, Switzerland, along with Ireland and Jamaica. So... This particular article was saying that Tennessee, and that's where the eclipse, the Great American Eclipse last August 27th, I think, or was it the 26th of August, crossed right over Tennessee, Nashville. And I've been wondering you know, what news would come out of Nashville, since that's pretty powerful. And here it says that Tennessee's college promise could be Seattle's model, that our mayor is pushing to expand free community college program for high schools. She's also pushing to get transportation. Both of these are very Gemini. Yep. And that's for all the college kids. Not college kids, for high school, high school kids. kids. Yeah, like that. thank you. And, interesting. It, and that article also indicated that it wasn't just the two-year program that is being allowed, but they also had the courage to look at different aspects of education to make some other shifts that would make this possible. So it's just very flexible. That's mutable, like air and Gemini. Yeah, education is definitely, um, definitely be like kind of Gemini, Mercury, um, Energy, yes. Yeah, the, the Gemini Mercury energy, exactly. And, I mean, education is, like, such an issue in this country because it's just, it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. And they, real, they really do need to figure that out. There needs to be a solution for people to be able to be educated and it not totally bankrupt them, you know. So I think it's great that <coughs> Mayor Durkin is, you know, is on this you know, she's, you know, it's a priority. So, yeah, it's it exciting. Makes me think too about the cities. I don't know what cities, neighborhoods are definitely a mercurial Gemini thing, and the cities seem to be really too that connection of commerce, trade, civilization is where it starts, is in the cities, right? Right. So to have cities be communicating to each other really seems like 
one of the greatest strengths that we could do, which leads me to advocate whomever chooses to listen, the value of not just speaking one's mind, but writing or communicating. We have such a wealth of opportunity, what with the internet, to be able to connect to governments or to be participating. That was one thing I was reading, too, that really it is this equal, equal exchange of citizen with the, the formal governing persons, that involvement, just like it would be in a school, PTA, you know, that, with that energy. Right, absolutely. So if cities could really start sharing, which they do, I know they do on many levels, yeah, and they would do that, you know, like through libraries and like you mm. said, like <coughs> through after school sort of projects and people coming together, like neighborhoods, you know, coming together to present ideas and um, information to like legislation, you know, to create legislation and stuff. Helps out neighborhood block watches, for example, you oh, know, yes. safety stuff and yeah, and just learning in general. I mean, libraries are a great place. They still use libraries a lot for um, different neighborhoods. Libraries are really important still. That's a total Gemini Mercury um, for meeting energy for yes, meeting. That's yeah, right. Exactly. And they after school, space. like yeah, they still do a lot of kids. I noticed that in um, when I was living in um, White Center. We had a little library down the street from where I lived, and it was always full of young people coming together, either doing homework or meeting, you know, with some of um, after-school projects. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, they have know? puppet shows there and tutoring. In fact, right. there was another article about, it says, early learning at night that the public schools are now offering an evening option for families because some preschool classes are getting filled, which is just extraordinary to think of these little people. Of course, their parents might be working, so that could right. be yeah, a good option. And I suppose if they balance the sleep, according to the pictures, they look like they have lots of energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little photography does wonders. Yeah. Ooh, and that reminds me. <laughs> Clicking along here. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, there's another obituary. Remember, there's death. Right? We're going into the underworld along with uh, the uh, serpents with and Hermes. Yes. <laughs> the serpents. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes, we like serpents. Yeah, the serpents. And, and you know, in that glyph, going to that, it's not just a glyph, but of the caduceus with the tree of life. And the, the, two the snakes, snakes, the heads face each other. Right. Because like, it's the duality. It's also, it represents the, mm. the sun and moon energy, right? And the masculine and the feminine, right? And yin and yang. Right. And which were yang. the stars yeah. for Pollux and Castor, and Castor yeah, in China. Right. Yeah, I know. So Connections, this, connections. Yes, huh? yes. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear yours <laughs> yeah. out there, you folks. But that's okay. We love to have you listening, and we love our audience, <laughs> and we're happy. So <laughs> photographer David Douglas Duncan, he was famed for realistic images of war. He was 102 and he died. And this is, again, in this Good week's, long life. Yeah, just yesterday he died. And amazing photographs. And so when we were speaking of uh, school and pictures of the kids and the fact of, of listening and sharing... You know, pictures 
were the first, I think, the cuneiform. That right. You could say that would really be a picture. Yeah, right? they were kind of more picture writings, kind yeah. of like in the caves and stuff. Yes. And so it has gone into many forms, which now we don't use that for our letters. But still, here you have a, um, it's very important way of, of, of still communicating. Oh, absolutely. Look at Instagram. Yes. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, I think Instagram is way more popular, especially with the younger generations than, I mean, Facebook. I think a lot of them think it's old hat, you know, like older people use Facebook now. But it's like a lot of the, I mean, all my nieces. You, <laughs> use, you use Instagram. I you love can find Instagram. Sharon Hayes on That's right. Instagram. In fact, I'm really getting excited to use it myself. That's I'm, right. Oh Hayes, boy. what am I, 2053? Ah, say that again. I think it's. I think it's Hayes, S. Hayes 2053. I'm on Instagram. And that's H-A-Y-E-S. Yeah, H-A-Y-E-S, yes. Well, I love adding little thoughts to it. So, yes, I think this will be a great dimension. And that's really the excitement is if we think of media rather than what we don't have, what we can have, the fact is that free press. Free speech. Exactly. It goes to all forms Radio, here we are, talking on radio, hello. And there's television, there's online, and there's methods of connecting, of of reaching out. And and one may not have the idea, but it's finding who does have the idea, or how can we meet, or, because it's it's combining not just the resource of, of, of the ear or the visual with the internet, but then the person, too. Absolutely. Just like... Digging out hard copies when you go somewhere and having to, which seems so archaic. But we do have paper still, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those of us that still like to write. Yes. <laughs> and they say that in, by writing, it really connects brain cells. Right. I mean, of course. Well, it really helps cells, with memory, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it yeah. expands. I know sometimes it I question that. The, but <laughs> the, the syntapses, they jump. They have to work. Right. Create. Well, it helps you remember, right? I mean, for me, Mm -hmm. writing, like, it helps me remember things when I write. Like, when I type and when I text and stuff, it's like, it's, Mm. I don't have to think as much about it for some reason. But when I'm actually writing, there's, yeah, it, it does, it hits something in my brain that it actually, and it helps, helps me remember what I really need to know. I've heard that. Many metaphysical, uh, disciplines or trainings one encounters that very thought that if one is going to journal or to expand and and get in touch with their higher self of truth or however you're in that process that writing actually contributes instead of typing yeah now I had a teacher when I was doing my um, yoga teacher training and my teacher was in New York and he, um, we had to write, like, to take notes. Like, he didn't want people using their computers and typing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yep. And it does, I mean, it slows you down, too. So it, it does a couple of different things, which is interesting. Is like, sometimes it's easy, like, when you're typing. Like, you hear and you can type at the same time because you don't really have to look when you're typing. But when you're writing, you really have to kind of look, right? But then you also have to learn to hear 
what you need to hear in order to write it down, right? I mean, it's yes, it, it does synthesize, right? And it that's another part differently, of, right? Of, yes, Gemini too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Writing, you know, doing things with your hands, and the combination of like the multitasking—hearing and writing and and reading, looking and reading. at it. Yep, yes, exactly. That's true. Yeah. And again, they say speak it so that you hear it. Right. Well, I'm looking at our chart, we haven't spoken about the astrology, but just to remind people in this program of Talk Cosmos, it is about the third archetype of, a, of Gemini, which we have mentioned has the twins and has Hermes and Mercury. And it's in the third house of the horoscope. And although it's a minor thought, well, I don't know if it's a minor thought. We won't do the judgment part. But right now, there's several in, from Seattle, because this would change wherever you are. But we're in Seattle, so that's why it's important. We have some powerful energy. We have Pluto in Capricorn asking to look at our conditioning. And is it outdated? I would say, right? I mean, I would say that could be where we're talking about all these elements. And then also... In Capricorn, the history of it, how far back, where was this, this start? And, of course, thought goes eternally back. But the written word that we use in the civilization has been Sumera, of the Babylonian Tigris, Euphrates rivers there in the Mesopotamia, 3,000 to 3,500 B.C. Now, that's a long time ago. It's like 5,500 years ago, it's long time of evolution so this is a, a common thing that has been worked over the many eons and then we also have what we call south node and mars in aquarius aquarius in a tight conjunction yeah exactly <coughs> aren't they that's right yeah i know with all that dynamic energy like it, it also um it's intense so it plays out in a lot of different ways, especially like since it's in the third house in Seattle's chart, it has a lot to do with, <laughs> and I can attest this to driving, <laughs> oh, yeah. brutal drivers, like, and aggressive, you know, it's like, the, well, for example, classic, I went to go to work this morning and I'm sitting at the light waiting for it to t turn green and light turns green and I start to go and then for I hesitated and I looked right at me and this guy ran the red light oh. and had I not seen that or felt it coming or whatever and put the brakes on I would have plowed right into the mm -hmm. guy and he was so shocked I think he just sat in the middle of oh, the God. road and I had to honk my horn to get him to move so I could turn but it's like I was just like whoa I mean it's like sometimes he like when you see that energy on a chart and, you know, it's like you're aware of it and something like that happens, you're just, I mean, it's kind of mind-blowing, you know, how um, the synchronization of the energy is so, you know, it, I mean, it's there, you know, you can't deny it. It's like, well, thank goodness you were connected to your <laughs> to higher self. Right? That's right. I'm glad to hear it because it is a, dynamic where ongoing this summer there's there's a lot of remembrance that to be mutable remembering air you know it's that gift that we inhale and exhale that serves as our whole body and 
function. Right. And to look at what needs to be deconditioned, what needs to be saved, what needs to be deconditioned, where our energies might need another alignment without a sudden burst of right, <laughs> right, getting clunked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that's the other thing. If we don't, something will. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Uh, you either like, either kind of get into the groove or the groove will be forced on you. Yeah, May the force be with oh, you. The groove will be forced on you. Hey, that could be a good trend. I like it. See, that's another thing. Words, they travel and thoughts beyond time. In fact, back to that museum, I think I mentioned this last time, but it really sticks in my mind, and I can see now maybe the diversion, but there's so many purposes of play. They had board games. The guards had board games. Oh, how cool. Seriously? Yeah. I don't know what board game. I mean, I know the go. guards were playing board games yeah, that's while what they it were said. working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while they were well, there wasn't a lot of action. Maybe they were just guarding, and so of course it, maybe that's why <laughs> all the stories come along where something happened when they weren't looking. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So I was thinking too, though, as far as like for this month because. There's many choices to learn through. Gymnastics is actually part of, I was surprised, part of Gemini. Because I think of that sometimes as Aries and Virgo. But it said gymnastics, so perhaps that Pacific one. So if a person wants, so the physical to unite, to to learn, uh, because people do learn through different methods. Methodology, it isn't just it's street smart and book smart, and street smart is experience, so there's all ways to experience life. Oh, absolutely. Many different ways to experience life. <coughs> what about bikes? What about bikes, Sue? Well, I think of transportation. I wish we did live in an environment where we could get on a bike and just really, and I know Seattle's supposed to, but we have a lot of. <laughs> there are bikes everywhere here. I know, it's but just there's a lot of scary. traffic. Yeah, too. that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, it's not like um, it's yeah. not flat and easy going. It's like yeah, lots of cars and tiny streets and people honking and pedestrians everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of chaos. Yeah, and I suppose that is part of just accepting because Gemini by itself, when I think about it, makes order out of chaos. We have the same right. teacher with Maurice Fernandez, and he often remembers seeing that, just seeing that written down, making order out of chaos. I mean, not order, under, by defining, by putting some By categorizing, definition. by giving it names, right? Yes, yes, knowing yeah. how to refer to it. The na- right. mm-hmm. Naming is a big Gemini thing, right? But out of that, there still can be chaotic right. names and stuff. So I think getting familiar with... It's like riding that wave, you know, which is kind of a Gemini thing. If you think about, like, bicycling and traveling and stuff, you're traveling on waves or getting in the groove. But getting familiar with our environment through these different means, whether it's uh, through foot, through bicycles, through... Reading through free libraries, the writing, free libraries. right? Well, that's true. Like, are you thinking of like groups that write together? Or yeah, 
yeah, all different kinds of things, exactly. Or even like our astrology group. I mean, you know, Mercury also rules. He was the original ruler of astrology. He's one of the three faces, you know, alchemy, astrology, and theurgy. They're all three, the three faces of Hermes. Hermes Trismegistus. I'm so glad you're going back because that reminds me, it's going to tie us there because of the fact that Pluto here for us in Capricorn, it is a matter of looking at our traditions, our mm. structures, our history. And in one case, like where is the life still serving us in those conditions and where are they outdated? Right. Where do we need to break loose, get those serpents, go down to the afterlife right well and you see the resurgence of the interest in like the old hermetic teachings of astrology and the classical astrology and you know and like what brett's doing getting outside getting right getting out in nature and looking at the stars you know stargazing is getting in touch with your roots right with your past with you know the old the old mothers and fathers, you know, the old earth, earth star astrology. You yeah. know, it's very important to understand your past in order to make better changes for the future. And I think that's where a lot of people forget the importance of that. I love this. I love this. This is really true. And going back to these mythology, the stories, the, the tales, the, the written word and that's been passed on because these were ancient ways of diagnosing, you might say, or expressing the environment and teaching the learnings of their experiences. Everything from when the rivers would flood for what moon was happening to to the fertility, you know, that they... Right, for fertility their survival. or... Right, or to even like, you know... And the mystical... And the mystical or, you know, dividing, conquering kind of stuff, too, you know, creating different boundaries. And, um, Mm. and, um, you know, that was the form of communication of passing down their history was all, it was all done by spoken word, right? And they would remember and they'd tell the stories and things would get passed down. And, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of these stories are coming back around again in our day and age, and I think it's really important and really interesting. Well, it is. For instance, the first story, and I mentioned this before, Gilgamesh is very much about the afterlife. This is not a new thought. This is something that has been evolved through many forms. And and I was also, they call it the oasis of, uh, not the Mediterranean, but there, where Mesopotamia is, that before the, the water level rose, people were living there uh, 18,000 years ago. That's when the water started to raise, according to archaeology, I believe. And, but for 100,000 years, people, that's a long time to establish all kinds of connections. So... This thinking without interruption, this language, I'm so glad that you love it. Thinking about Hermes and 
Mercury. What, in language? Yeah, just, I guess, some further thoughts about what they have to tell us. I know that his mother was, you had brought, was Maya, Maya right? And his father was uh, Jupiter, right? Yeah, she was the daughter of a Titan god, Atlas, which right? I thought, isn't that interesting? A daughter of Atlas. Right. Because it gets back into the earth, the this whole combination of earth, matter, and spirit. Right. Yeah, just the way of speaking about it. Well, exactly. And, well, and as far as, like, the caduceus goes, too, I mean, another one of the symbols, like, you know, like you were talking about, it was the yin and the yang and the sun and the moon, the male and, and the... Um, the female, I mean, it was also about the um, the two hemispheres of the mind, right? Left and right. Right, the left yeah, and the receiving right. Receiving and, and uh, protruding. Uh, and the tortoise, that lyre. Right, the lyre, right? Lyre, yeah. That, His musical you. instrument, right? It represented earth. Right. The tortoise, an old symbol for right? Mother Earth. Yeah, it was the tortoise shell, right? It was created out of a tortoise shell. Yeah, those those mythic symbols Ooh. have a lot of story to them. There is. I was listening to another show on 1150 KKNW, and that's where you're listening to, folks. This is Talk Cosmos. It was, it was yesterday, and they were speaking about holograms. And I really found myself listening because what the idea was that this, he was saying that in a hologram is where any little part signifies a part of the whole. So whether it's your ear on the body, like the hand, the foot, the ear, the eye, the tongue, they're all parts that different studies and disciplines can read the whole part. Like the chart, our chart is a hologram right. of the universe. Right. Yeah, our interactions between, um, which gets back to observing, like you're a stargazer. Right. I love the stars. Here in San it's a little fierce, but there are moments. Yep, we have <laughs> we have those few those few nights when you can actually see them, right? Yeah, you know, we, what we need. Oh, okay. Well, I guess this has been delightful. Let me please thank <laughs> Shannon. Thank you so much. This is Shannon Hayes, Seattle astrologer. Go to Talk Cosmos, our webpage site. You'll find how to contact her. You can contact me. You can join our email list. I'm in the process right now of connecting so that you'll get notifications or go on Facebook to talk cosmos and like us. We love you and we look forward to the next time. And we have Marie O'Neill coming up next week. She is a master astrologer from California. She has a great group. She's well, her own founder of Padma Life Coaching, Santa Rosa, studied with Stephen Forrest, Alan Oaken. There's lots. Wow. And we'll conclude Gemini. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sue, for having me. Oh, I've loved it. It was really fun. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.